we're not focused on the prevention of it, like seeing issues before they actually start. And that's what Tamboost is very proud of and where we're doing a lot of artificial intelligence and predictive analytics in trying to deal with an issue before it gets to that point where it becomes a big healthcare crisis. And I believe we'll see a lot of people being more proactive in their health as opposed to reactive. Okay, Jessica and Madison, thank you for joining us. Thanks so Thanks much for having us. Um, so, uh, like I was saying beforehand, this is nice to have uh, you know multiple people from the company together because usually I do these end up becoming one to one. So I'm going to enjoy the dynamic and going back between you two. But um, getting into it, you both are are the, are the founders of the company, mm-hmm. co-founders, and. Let's talk a little about this because this is like a really interesting concept. You, you guys deal with holistic medicine data, and uh, and like almost like a ERM platform for holistic medicine. If I'm if I'm if I'm correct about this, right? Um, so let's talk about the name first of all. Tavos, is it Tavos? Tavos. Tavos. So close. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Tavos, and um, can you tell us a little bit about this company and why you named it Tavos? For sure. I uh, well, thanks for having us. This is uh, exciting to be interviewed by you today. Uh, the name actually comes from from why we developed Tambus, and it mm-hmm. it is about connecting. And Tambus comes from my family members, and I started the company in 2019 based on my experience with taking care of these family members. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tina Tamming and Yvonne DeVoost. Okay. One is my grandma, Tina Tamming, and then Yvonne DeVoost is my mom. They both passed away, but I, uh, I have a degree in nursing, so I tend to take care of people a lot. And I, I took care of them while they were going through their health crisis and going through the healthcare system. And they ended up passing away. Uh, my mom at home with me and her experience is really why I built Tambus mm-hmm. and their names together is what Tambus is. So my mom's experience was kind of disheartening in the fact that she had to constantly repeat her story over and over again to different health professionals. And then me, myself as a caregiver, I would constantly have to repeat my story to my family members and it turned into a lot of telephone and it was very depressing even in the last days of her life that she had to, you know, continually tell her sad story of dying from cancer. So I thought that's not right. So I wanted to create something that enabled people to have access to their information and share it more efficiently. So their experience is why Tambus is built. And it's all about connecting people to make you have a healthier life. I mean that that is such a fundamental starting ground to to, to for for a company. Uh, generally, you know, I, I, I zoned in on the name because it's in all caps, 
And coming from a company that uh, is also named in all, mostly all caps, uh, generally when you're named after all caps, there's an emotional connection to this uh, to this company. You're, you're almost like screaming out the name. Um, <laughs> let's let, let's talk about this, right? Because holistic medicine, uh, I, I find it really interesting, and I, I like the I like like writing your description. You're like, this is what we what we want to do with it, but. Let's talk about holistic medicine for a bit and, and your family members. What was the component there? What, um, uh, how, how was holistic medicine utilized there? Was it, uh, you know, a case that was utilized yeah. or misutilized? So, yeah, like my mom was a very, very, very healthy individual, naturopath. She was a holistic practitioner okay. herself. And it was more like the whole body. And no one would have ever assumed that she got sick suddenly with uh, such a traumatic cancer. So when she traveled through three long years of being um, quite unwell with stem cell transplant in Hamilton, you know, clinical trial in Toronto, Waterloo chemotherapy, she added a lot of other modalities to it where like she would go for vitamin C treatment. She would go to this natural path. She would do therapy sessions. So the medical system was one aspect of, of her healthcare journey, which was really convoluted and in silos and nobody communicated. But then you had to add that other allied health professionals that might be a fee for service that the medical system needed to know about, but didn't have access to that. So it was just a lot of repetition. And when we look at health, med- medicine is one aspect of it. There's so many other psychosocial aspects of health that are included in it that you could create this record that consistently is building um, with a health record that is not just medical, but more holistic and would help somebody through these types of diseases or even in betterment of life. Yeah, I mean, uh, I love that because kind of the holy grail in uh, in, in like... um health tech or med tech is ability for patients to transfer all their information from system to system, from uh, organization to organization, from uh, practitioner to practitioner. Because like, you know, especially living in Canada, we're, we're, we're kind of blessed because we live in a one payer system where the, the, all the hospitals and clinics are operated by and, and paid for by governments, right? Like they're, they're, there's like a one, uh, one payer system. That, but within that, there's a lot of noise where information gets lost. Um, you know, if anyone has transferred from a doctor to a doctor, they've seen that health records get lost or like there's such a process and it's it just being sent over. Um, and something as simple as that within a country is, is, is important. But what happens when things happen outside of a country? What happens in, uh, you know, if you're in a foreign nation and something happens to you and they need it, your doctor's note, right? Like this has been like one of the problems in healthcare is how do you make that inf- your information transferable? And uh, I, I like to blend with the holistic side. So let's talk about naturopathy and like holistic medicine. What does that mean for you? Um, um, are you are you both practitioners yourself? Like are you, are you, are you users of, the, uh, of holistic medicine? So myself, personally, I do uh, believe in uh, acupuncture, uh, mm-hmm. traditional Chinese medicine. I believe it can coincide with the traditional medicine, and um, and I believe that it complements it to some extent. Uh, when my mom was sick, we also traveled to Mexico. And when you speak about travel medicine, we had to take her records with, and we ended up in a clinic in Tijuana where she had some 
um, intensive treatments and, and we had to fly in chemotherapy and, and then we ended up able to come back to Canada, but we didn't have access to these records. So if my system was up and running, our system was up and running, we could have easily had that information transferred to a doctor here in Canada and re regain the treatment back here. So, um, I, I believe that holistic medicine is, is an important key to, to people's health. And I, I mean, I, I worked as a nurse for years and I, I saw that our society really deals with, um, the crisis situation. Like when you go into the hospital, it's kind of too late. We're not focused on the prevention of it, like mm-hmm. seeing issues before they actually start. And that's, what Tamboost is very proud of and where we're doing a lot of artificial intelligence and predictive analytics in trying to deal with an issue before it gets to that point where it becomes a big healthcare crisis. And I believe we'll see a lot of people being more proactive in their health as opposed to reactive. Mm-hmm. So, hmm. Uh, I love I love this component of this being like pro- proactive versus reactive. And one of the issues about this is that there's so many different things to track, right? Like, you know, the things you eat and nutrients to your daily behavior, if you're moving and getting around, um, how you sleep. Uh, I recently got the, this is the, the whoop strap. Uh, I, I love this thing because it keeps me accountable for my sleep. It's a, it's a, it's a strap that you literally wear all the time. Even the charger is like a, a, a portable charge that goes on top of it. And uh, it keeps me accountable because it measures my sleep and it, it measures my uh, daily strain and it makes me cognizant of uh, my heart rate variability uh, and uh, my recovery and you know I've noticed that if the numbers add up I actually feel better that day so it's kind of just by knowing that data point has made me more conscious of like my daily behaviors and made me more accountable to myself so the technology when it's applied in a way that gives you visibility in um, in how you yourself conduct yourself like that becomes a productivity tool because it makes things that are invisible visible to you. Sometimes the habits that we have formed are ones that harm us the most. And unlearning that and catching that is, is a way to get out of this. And, uh, you know, um, thinking about talking about holistic medicine and, and naturopathy, I mean, I think it, it always comes down to that. It's like, how do we form good habits around ourselves and how do we, how do we keep ourselves accountable to ourselves, right? Um, do you agree? I mean, um, uh, Madison, how about yourself? Like, how do you, how do you uh, deal with um, um, uh, personal health? Yeah, I mean, the, the point you bring up about data and technology within health is sort of bang into what exactly I am passionate about. And mm-hmm. um, I'm, I'm pursuing a degree in health informatics, which is really the bridge between health and technology. So everything to do with modeling different data sets so that you can understand uh, the preventative aspect of a certain disease or understand what direction um, a certain individual's health is headed in and be able to take two steps backwards as opposed to two steps forwards. And um, I think that having this data at your fingertips and as you just showed your your new watch, these, these devices that are being mm-hmm. developed are so powerful in terms of what they can collect um, and the information that they can provide to data analysts as a, as well as uh, med- medical doctors and naturopathic doctors, holistic health, mm-hmm. it all has to come together and it all actually comes down to the individual. Every single person is different um, based on 
their different diagnoses, their different medications that they're, that they're taking, as well as their different approaches to medicine mm-hmm. um, and the ways that they want to store their information, their beliefs behind that, um, as well as you know their social determinants. Where are they located? How much education do they have? What type of education do they have? What kind of living conditions are they in? And ultimately, this is where you come up with this holistic picture of not only uh, does that person have a heart rate of 85 and they're six feet tall and they're 320 pounds, that's not really what matters. I mean, it, it does ultimately, it's a piece of their information, but it's only a piece of it. They don't have that whole picture. And that's what is missing in our system today and the approach that needs to be adjusted. Yeah. I mean, talking about that, how do we, how do we eat data from our, our day to day? Like the problem with that is the world is so complex, right? Like the materials we ingest, the air that we breathe has all these compounds in it. Like at what, uh, where can we get to, like, what can we track and what can't we track and what can we uh, hope to uh, be accomplished? Um, yeah. Love to learn That's from you. a really interesting question. Mm-hmm. I think I think it comes down to a lot of different things. So if we if we pick up on you know the environmental factors, the population health, uh, like where are you located, what's the air quality, and then we can say and take like a more of an aggregate data picture and think, okay, more people in this area are having uh, lung disease or lung issues or lung cancer, um, and then we we have to look at that piece of data and move backwards and think, okay, so what are the causes of that type of disease? And how can we mitigate those risks for the next generation, as well as at that point of crisis, as Jess has mentioned, um, what does the healthcare system do to treat those people? Once we're already there, how can we how can we try to take those steps backwards as opposed to, um, you know, reaching the point of possible death and um, having that as a cost on the healthcare system. And I think all of this is so dynamic and so complex, but I think if we were to take um, more time and more effort and money and invest that into preventative medicine, we wouldn't have to worry as much about treating people. We wouldn't Mm -hmm. have to worry as much about having exhausted healthcare workers and understanding that our capacity is, is at its breaking point. Right. So we we have the power to do that. The data points are increasing always with these different types of wearables and uh, devices that are being developed. Mm -hmm. Because before, how did you know how many hours you slept? Mm -hmm. How did you know what your heart rate was throughout your sleep? You didn't. <laughs> you yeah. didn't at all. And then you wake up in the morning, you're like, man, I'm feeling really tired. And I'm not really sure mm-hmm. why. Or I, I wish I got more sleep, but maybe it's you really should have less sleep. You know, all these different factors were so unknown. And now they're at our fingertips and we barely know what to do with it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the next step is is really leveraging this data um, to, to yield better outcomes and help people be more educated about their own health. Yeah, I mean, I mean, tell me about, um, I mean, it, it, the the tool set that you're developing. Is it, um, you know, is it, a, is it a journal tool like that that tells people, you know, how you know keep themselves more accountable? Is it uh, looking into um, analytics like how what we can gain from people? Like, what is the strategy here? How can we uh, get preventative uh, um, and 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 uh, when it comes to medicine and health? Yeah, do you want to start with that one, Jess, and then I'll dive deeper into it? 
Yeah, so we have basically built two platforms. Okay. And they are both launched, uh, and we're seeing traction to both sides. The one side, we call it the user-focused side, where an individual globally can go on and create a free account, and they can start tracking this information. So there's a very interactive journal that you can start documenting appointments, feelings, you name it, it's, it's, it can be anything that you start documenting and it's chronological. And then we also have this key feature, which is called My Teams. So you send an invite and your team would create a profile as well. And it connects with everything on that site. So it's all about the efficiency. So when I would be in a doctor's office and I would be with either my grandma or my mom, as a caregiver, I would input an event. I would give a full description, uh, like minute to minute as to what was going on. I'd go efficiently to my team and at the click of a button, I could share that with 20 different people. Hmm. So then they can go and see that there is a new update. They can go and read it as opposed to me having to call them all and explain the same thing 20 times. Now they read it and then they can come back to me with questions. And there's no telephone. There's no, oh, somebody said this. Oh, this, did you hear this happen to mom? Oh, this, mom. you know, so that's, that's the journal. Then we have my team. We also, like when my mom was struggling, she would carry a file folder full to every doctor appointment, right? So then we would be looking at blood work and all that stuff. So we created something called the personal data trust. And basically what that is, is a very, very secure vault that you can upload pictures, files too. You can, um, you know, put your will, power of attorney in it. And the important thing is it's very secure. But now you can easily share that information at the click of a button with your entire team very mm. quickly as well. Uh, so the next thing is called the personal health profile. And this is very interactive. It's a series of questions that people are going to answer as soon as they get on the site. And somebody else could answer for you. A professional could input this information. But could you imagine if you started at a very young age, your health profile or your parents started it for mm -hmm. you? That was going to consistently build. And anytime there was something updated, like you had an MRI or you had knee surgery or anything like that, it would be constantly reflected in this health profile. And now you're 90 years old. And you have to go to the doctor and as opposed to you spending multiple hours trying to explain your 90 years of health history, at the click of a button, that doctor could get that report and they could review it and then actually speak to you about the most important information. So those four features, the journal, the personal data trust, the my team, and then the health profile are the, the major components of the free profile for the user. So that's free to everybody. We do have a premium version, which unlocks some other key features like um, uh, medical search, which is kind of through research. We developed artificial intelligence to find the most key medical journals within um, the, the web. So you're actually getting some really research focused journals as opposed to Dr. Google. Mm -hmm. um, so that's the one user site. And 
Then we have the professional site. And I'm going to let Maddie get into that. Um, and she can explain the features for the professional site. Cool. Sure. Yeah, so on top of the functionality built on the client side, um, it's been fully integrated with the professional side. So you can think of it like a client health management system for different types of health professionals. Um, and if you think about holistic health, again, we are looking not at medical doctors specifically, but we're also looking at, you know, physiotherapy, chiropractics, naturopathy, all these different types of healthcare providers um, who need systems in order to collect data about their patients uh -huh. um, and, and their records. And ultimately, in these many different interactions with the healthcare system, individuals are left with missing pieces within their holistic picture. So you go to this natural path and they've got their own little record about you. And then you go to maybe your chiropractor and they've got this record about you, but they, they might need a detail that's over here and you can't get to it. Um, and so what our system provides is uh, that management system for the professional that interacts and gives all that data and uh, access to the actual patient themselves. And that seems really, uh, you know, natural to me, at least that you as a patient would have access to your information with each different provider that you've interacted with. Um, but the systems that exist today are very, very focused on that professional and just collecting the information in an organized way and storing it securely and ensuring that that professional has access to it. Um, but ultimately, one of the biggest issues right now is if you want that information yourself, you might have to pay for it. It might take multiple hours or days for you to actually get a hold of someone to even start the conversation of how can I get these records in my hands. Um, and so the professional site, uh, again, is, is this system, the client health system that the professionals are able to adopt on a subscription basis. And then they can connect with their team members, including their patients, as well as any of the uh, assisting provider, providers that they work with or admin staff, whoever needs access to these records. Um, and they can grant specific levels of access two pieces of this, this journal, this health profile, or the data trust. So mm -hmm. it acts the same as any other client health management system where we're, we're still able to book appointments, we can uh, track vital signs, pres prescribe new medications, look for lab results, um, and, and much, much more. But at the end of the day, the difference is that you as the patient are also going to be able to see all those touch points that you've had with this provider. So I think you brought up something really interesting here about like the holistic health network, right? All the different practitioners and providers within this framework. So can we talk a little bit about the the, the, the multi-stakeholders in this in this relationship? Like what are the different types of like holistic healthcare providers and how are they interconnected now and how is your solution coming in? Sure. Yeah. So we've seen a lot of traction with uh, an interesting market that we didn't assume, and that's psychotherapists Okay. and also psychologists, counselors, mm -hmm. therapists, um, holistic advisors. Like one of our clients, she teaches belly dancing. So, you know, but she looks at the whole body and she says, you know, I was a nurse for many years and I, I uh, 
want to train people on how to move their body to stay away from arthritis, but I need to coach them. So I want to use your, your system. Uh, so the sky's really the limit with who can use a professional site, uh, in, in that fact. And, uh, uh, we've seen a lot of traction with mental health, which I think is, is what's on the radar these days because of mm. a lot of people are stuck at home and feeling socially isolated and, and they need these therapists, but these therapists also have to be able to communicate back and forth uh, securely with their clients. And we're seeing a real niche market there. I mean, it's, it's really interesting that you, you talk about this because uh, in, in certain realms of mental health, um, they operate in cycles, right? So you kind of need to have like a longer term operational understanding of the person or the individual to understand the cycle because sometimes it cycles over longer periods of time, especially uh, later, later in life. Uh, sorry, an earlier uh, earlier in life, you go through longer cycles and it shortens later on. So if you're really trying to capture uh, symptoms of uh, mental illness or even like uh, just mental unwellness early on, um, you can catch cycles um, if you can if you if you have like ways of detecting that. And oftentimes, like I mean, kids will have uh, you know camp counselors or or uh, you know school counselors, and then later on in life, you might get a, a, a personal therapist or uh, someone to talk to or um, you know, use an app like BetterHelp or something like that. Like you have all these different touch points at different healthcare people, but how do you centralize that data? Um, there's a really interesting question about this and like in, uh, about the people who talk about Web 3.0 versus Web 2.0. Um, like uh, if you're familiar, like the, the internet has gone through these two big uh, radical changes. And now the third one is coming with uh, within the machine age. And it's like, how do we transfer data better? It's, uh, you know, the web 3.0, it's, it's also uh, coming with a, a, what's called like the third platform where it's like the new internet is between machines talking to machines. Uh, so like one of the most interesting articles I read about this, it's like almost like, you know, back in the day, you, you know, the medieval times or uh, whatever they talk about, like, like the, the, the spirits that run around and do things magically and make things happen. Well, if we have machines coordinating things in our life, imagine like our Alexa has gotten so advanced that it's not just like operating with you, but organizing your day. You know, you need to go see uh, this person. You need to go uh, to the gym. You need to order this food. You need to do all this. Uh, machines are taking more predictive uh, uh, sense, uh, a more predictive um, relationship with how they, main, uh, how they deal with us. Well, we need to have a, a data set to feed them. I know, and having a way to centralize and maintain this data set in an open environment where other uh, other tools can access them is so important. But it all comes down to having that in a, in a place that is shareable. So I think that what you're doing here is so important because you know, like uh, being able to carry the data on from person to person or, or from like silo to silo uh, is step one of that, right? Being able to transfer our data with us. So can we talk a little bit about like data sovereignty? Like when it comes to like healthcare. Right and health data that is so sovereign to us, right? That's so personal. Um, how do we securitize that? And who under under the day like do you feel should be the underlying owner of of uh, healthcare and who passes it on? <clears throat> mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean you made a few good points there. I'll pick up on the last one, but yeah. in terms of in terms of data security and and the the transfer of information, it's so important that that is is locked down in so many ways because it's so personal to us um, individually and because some people 
uh, can definitely feel afraid even placing it on the internet in the first place. So the way that we've locked down our system is, is collaborating with really, really important partners. Mm -hmm. uh, the first one being MedStack, uh, who's a technology cloud software company. Um, and they actually house all of our information uh, on their servers, which are all P-HIPAA and uh, HIPAA compliant. So we're ensuring that not only is the collection of the information secure, but where it's being stored is completely compliant with the privacy laws. Uh, the other way that we're ensuring this personally is by working with BlackBerry Spark. Mm -hmm. um, and that's a very kind of common and uh, popular, I would say, company name. Yeah. Uh, so BlackBerry obviously was out of Waterloo and they're known for their security. That's one of the major uh, you know, focus points of their business. And so we wanted to collaborate with them, knowing that this has been top of mind since we even began building this business. Um, and they've helped us build out a few of our specific features that hold uh, very secure and important information like the health profile, um, as well as the personal health data trust and uh, the video calling and chat features. So the information that's being put into our system is very much locked down um, and uh, in the hands of the right providers that we've aligned ourselves with. Um, and I think ultimately at the end of the day, that needs to be the biggest focus when we're mm -hmm. looking at collecting more information in the health era and even outside of healthcare information, because our world is being centered around data. Um, it's so crucial that uh, there's security behind that because truthfully, uh, people ha can can hack into systems, you know, mm -hmm. from across the world, you don't have to be close to each other. And I think uh, the globalization of technology and how that's making not only companies move in a faster pace and direction, um, it's giving or it could potentially give access in a, in a scary way. And so that's why I think newer companies that are operating within data science and within technology and especially within healthcare need to have that as top of mind um, for themselves as well as for their customers and for the patients at the end of the day. Yeah, uh, I, mean, I mean, talking about this, um, like I'm reminded of uh, Yuval Harari, the Israeli um, um, historian. He's a, he's a futurist historian, really enough, and he talks a lot about this, right? Like how, um, uh, how healthcare data mixing with AI technology together is going to create this like super force that's going to propel like humanity in one way or another. Either that data technology can be utilized against us or for us. Mm -hmm. And if you look at like uh, the commercial atmosphere around healthcare right now, it's very commercialized. It, it seems to be that uh, there is infrastructure uh, that's profiting off of keeping people sick, uh, for keeping people, uh, you know, uh, medicated, uh, or people, uh, you know, having poor nutrition. It's, it's a self-fulfilling, uh, industry, right? Like there, there's a conscious shift, uh, amongst the populace now to demand more, uh, from our environment, right? A better healthcare network, a better, uh, system of tracking our, our, our day to day, a better way of, uh, consuming food. There seems to be a big change happening, especially post COVID, 
right? Do you see like uh, the, the 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 awareness shift in the market? Um, like, have you have you have you uh, like your customer base uh, uh, give you more feedback? Have you seen more noise in this kind of uh, interest? Like, what is your thoughts? Mm-hmm. I think there's like such an obvious shift happening right now, and it's mm-hmm. it's really cool to see it. Um, and I think that obvious shift is ultimately people realizing that they didn't have that control and then demanding it or understanding that they want it. Um, I think that that comes from the silos that were, uh, I, I would say, increased during COVID because we were so locked down and we couldn't access uh, physical locations, let alone technical locations. So if you're if you're wanting to go into an actual hospital, uh, you couldn't unless you were actually sick. But if you wanted to bring someone with you, they couldn't be there. So then if you bring that back and say, okay, can I just like get my test results from that one test a few years back? Like that was the lowest priority of anyone and, and rightfully so knowing we're going through a, a pandemic. But mm-hmm. I think that it's highlighted this um, overarching understanding of uh, I don't have access to that. It's my information. Um, you know, that's pertaining to my body. And I think that's a huge movement. Uh, and that's what's really propelling this industry forward is that uh, it's not it's no longer uh, maybe this is where we should head. It's a emphasis behind this is where we're heading. How are we going to get there kind of thing? So I think uh, from our customer base, we've heard feedback on many different fronts of can I get my test results like where can I store these results? Um, n- knowing that the people that they're asking aren't giving them the right answers. I was talking to a customer yesterday and they were just expressing their frustration when uh, approaching multiple different healthcare providers that they've interacted with in the past week. And none of them were able to answer a very basic question, which is how can I access this portal uh, in order to get this lab result. And she was put in so many different ways and still no answer on, on exactly how to execute that action. And I think um, those are the types of situations that are extremely unfortunate um, and that need to be addressed with these next uh, steps in the industry. Yeah, I mean, it's so vital. And sorry, Jessica, go ahead. And that brings a pretty interesting connection uh, as I think we met through Innovation Factory, but we, we met Medic College through them as well. Mm-hmm. And what we're, we're seeing through our customer base is a real trend in wanting this information, but they don't want to go and log into all these different accounts. It's very tedious, especially if you're a senior or if you forgot your password. So what we're actually building right now and we've received a grant is a integration hub which is going to take us to that next level because we don't want somebody to have to log in, save their PDF, then transfer it into the TANVU so that they have it forever and it can go with them everywhere. What we want is to be able to integrate with some of these existing platforms, um, such as OHIP we're doing right now, the laboratory information system. We've got a list of about 20 that we're actually creating this hub where we can hopefully single-handedly really easily integrate with these existing platforms that there's not um, duplication of having to copy records that at the click of a button, 
if that Canvas user wanted to have that uploaded into their personal data trust, they could do that as opposed to having to copy and paste it, that kind of thing. Gotcha. So you're 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 right now tackling the problem of just transferring information back uh, between uh, between parties. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Cool. Um, so I mean, what's next? Um, like currently going through the Innovation Factories uh, program. How's that been? Like, um, how, how's that? How's that team? Well, I'll, I'll comment. I mean, and then Maddie can comment as well. It's a it's a great team. Uh, mm -hmm. We've really enjoyed uh, working with them. Initially, they've provided a lot of consultants, uh, marketing, um, prior to an event that we got, uh, we kind of got into, which is called the lion's layer. And that is where we're going to be pitching at, in about two weeks in front of a bunch of lions investors and potentially win some prize money. Um, it's to, to me personally, I mean, it is about the prize money, but it's been kind of about the whole process. They've really, um, done a great job at, uh, getting us in touch with like KPMG, you know, Gowlings, all the different aspects that uh, you need to have in order to create a successful business. So for myself, it's been a great experience. And, and I don't know, Matt, if you want to touch on Innovation mm -hmm. Factory. Yeah, I think that working with Innovation Factory throughout the Lion's Lair specifically has been like a very engaging process there for a online world that we're living in that we haven't actually been able to physically go into a building and mingle around with the different companies that are in this competition. Um, they've made it extremely engaging. And I think one of the things that they mentioned in our, our initial few meetings, it must have been the first or second was, you know, none of the companies that are in this competition are direct competitors of each other. So there's not another competitor of Tambu's, like no direct competitor of Tambu's. There's many diverse startup companies um, in the competition. And I think what that provides is a perfect opportunity to, to network and to connect with other entrepreneurs that are going through the same things, maybe not in the same context, uh, but they're, they're experiencing the same struggles, the same highs, the same lows. Um, and, and just having that understanding of knowing, you know, like, we're not the only ones going through this and mm -hmm. uh, you can be driven and motivated by other people's stories and, and the part of their journey that they're at. And, and likewise, I feel we've been able to have conversations with some of the businesses and the entrepreneurs in, in, in this program and uh, give them a piece of our story that motivates them and keeps them going. So yeah, it's been a, it's been a really great experience. I think uh, all the members that we've interacted with through an innovation factory have been, extremely influential on, on where we are today. Absolutely. Uh, we've heard a lot of great things. A lot of innovation factory companies have come through here as well, your, your fellow cohort members. And, you know, there's something about a great um, accelerator program that really helps bind an idea together. Sometimes it's just that validation that you're part of this, uh, you know, part of a larger larger structure, like, you know, being saying that your your, your idea is not really, it's not a dumb idea that, that you know, that other people actually believe in it too. Sometimes it makes it all the difference, but getting that support the infrastructure you know, can take it to the next level but you know let's 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 talk a little bit about like 
how um, this thing moves into into the public sphere, right? Post-COVID, what do you think the world's going to look like? Like, how do you think health behavior is going to look like? Because people are so conscious now of getting, you know, know, even like touching other people or being around other people or, you know, uh, about germs and and sanitizing there. We become accustomed to this idea of like monitoring ourselves. So what do you think healthcare is going to look like in the future? And how do you think it might might change? Hmm. I, I can touch on that a little bit and then yeah. just can put in your two cents as well. I was just going to say, I think that the people are going to be so much more focused on monitoring their health. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess naturally, not as much as we want to see it, because I think we'll put a driving force behind this whole preventative aspect. But I do think that people are going to be more cautious of what they're doing or more aware of smaller symptoms um, that could lead to larger things because, you know, you, you wake up one day, it's COVID pandemic, and maybe you have a scratch in your throat. It's probably going to be gone by like 2 p.m. because maybe you had a fan blowing at you all night and yeah. you just have like a dry throat. But you start automatically just sort of freaking out a little. Mm-hmm. And I think that those small uh, realizations and that, that monitoring of yourself uh, is going to yield and continue uh, past this pandemic. And mm-hmm. I think that is really a positive thing um, because, again, then you have those those additional steps before something gets worse that you can actually be preventative with it, take the right steps to help yourself um, and and not get to the, the detrimental point that nobody wants to think about. So I, I think post-pandemic, uh, there'll be a continuation of symptom monitoring and, and a little bit of anxiety almost that's driven in a positive way mm-hmm. um, so that we can have a more preventative system. Yeah, I, l- I love your emphasis on a preventative system, preventative system. Uh, you know, there's, there's so many times, you know, you, you go to your doctor, and you, you know, you, you tell them like you're not feeling well and it's, they don't ask you about your sleep. They don't ask you about your nutrition. They're, they're prescribing a pill to get you to sleep better. Like we're so you accustomed to the, the quick solution, right? Like how do we, how do we get uh, preventative, right? Um, so, yeah, go ahead. Jessica. So I just want to touch on a kind of funny story because uh, we'll really see it in the younger generation. I have mm. uh, a lot of kids and my daughter, she's 12 and she ended up getting sick over the last three days and nobody wants to be sick, even if it's just with a common cold, right? So I guess she saw on TikTok that if you stick garlic up your nose, then that's going to actually help with your nasal congestion. Mm-hmm. So I got home yesterday and she's like, oh, my nostrils are tingling. And I was like, oh, why is that? And she's like, well, I stuck garlic up. That's what's supposed to help. And I'm like, holy, like you're a 12 year old finding little therapies for yourself because there's no way you want to be sick because you want to see your friends. And if you're sick, you can't see your friends. So I think the younger generation is going to be kind of looking for those alternate therapies or interesting ways to get better and not be sick so they can still do what their Mm -hmm. daily activities are. I mean, speaking of on that, like, what do you think about like, um, the, the the misinformation campaigns that are happening, right? Uh, especially when it comes to health, uh, mm-hmm. there there seems to be a lot of misinformation about oh this uh, particular root's going to do this for you, <laughs> this this tea, you know. So we so we turn it into a tea, buy this tea, and you know, like how do you how do we filter uh, past the uh, misinformation campaigns that is possible now because of our modern media, 
right? Like, how do I like, you know, do you have, do you have any thoughts or concerns? Like, are you concerned about, you know, uh, your children's future about how that's going to work out for them? Oh, definitely. Like I, I am kind of fearful sometimes about what's going to happen with their health. I mean, when you think about the amount of people at such a young age being diagnosed with cancer, it's like, it's just astronomical. And the trend is that it's going to get even worse. Right. So I believe like, you know, some roots are good, some are bad, but there's, it's not the end all be all, you know, I think everything in, in kind of moderation and do your research as opposed to getting on bandwagons and kind of going all these different directions. Um, but I'm, I love research. I love epidemiology. Like I love the study of sickness. So I think it's, uh, it's scary what's coming, but I think there is a general shift in prevention and trying to do those healthy promotion activities, whether it be eating, exercise, that kind of thing is, is trending because of the future looks kind of grim for, for our younger generation. Yeah. I mean, not just the younger generation too, right? Like, so one of the common trends right now is aging in place. Uh, The aging population doesn't want to go into a retirement community or a specialized home. They want to age in their homes. And there's a lot of uh, tools for this. Like one of the most popular things is like the Apple watch, right? Like the Apple watch allows for so much functionality, even like alerting your relatives. If like something you know, some kind of uh, marginal errors happen uh, with, you know, within within your body. And it's like, we have, you know, we have like preventive medicine being deployed with technology right now, right? And as we go further, like there's tools now being utilized where you can put like cameras uh, in, in the corner of the house that's not recording you, but it's looking for, it's like an accelerator, accelerometer. So it's like a quick fall or a quick movement. It just, uh, you know, it becomes like an alarm. So just looking for fall, uh, failure rates. So like there are ecosystems that are being utilized with, uh, with devices and monitors that can maintain you, right? And, and, and provide a preventive uh, environment um but i think one of the missing pieces is behavior modification right like how do we change people's behavior um you know wanting to go and grab uh you know a smoke and a cigarette and like sorry a cigarette and a a coffee in the morning every day to start your day um might not be the best thing long term right like Mm -hmm. changing holistic behavior i think is is one of the key of uh, determinants of like positive long-term health it's like getting people more conscious of it um it's something i think about now a lot more too like seeing how i know my my parents aging and my grandparents now it's like how do we become more aware of ourselves uh and i think uh, uh, social media is actually helping with this in a weird sense like like you mentioned you know use this garlic to do that the the information might not be accurate but the idea is that okay other people are thinking about this too Mm -hmm. for sure yeah um, Jessica Madison, I mean, uh, this has been, this has been a great time. Uh, I really loved uh, having you on. Uh, I feel like it, it sparked me to, uh, go on a few rants here, here as well. So I, I really enjoyed that. Um, yeah, I, I love, I love these kind of tools that can help us, uh, blend our healthcare system better and, and help us, uh, understand, uh, share our information data with the, those uh, who care about us. So, uh, kudos for, uh, for this journey and, uh, thanks for taking it. Thanks so much for having us. Yeah, uh, thank you. And uh, stick around. We're going to do a quick debrief. Uh, and for everyone who uh, followed along so far, thank you. <laughs>